I, you're stuck with me this morning. And um, to those of you that are watching online, we're so glad you are. I, I, I asked Jonathan, I said, hello, by uh, age. Is it taped? Well, it's live streamed. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. That was a test. That's what I meant to say. So anyway, welcome. If you're new to online, we'd love to hear from you. If you would just text email into the office. At, look at that. Thank you, Onyx. Um, into the office, and you can get updated things, uh, notices on what's happening. We'll contact you. We won't bug you, but we just want to love on you. This is a good community of believers. This is a safe place to grow in him. So a couple of announcements. There's no youth group for the next two weeks. So the first one will be the first Wednesday in December, right? Okay. So nothing. So that means that you guys that would normally come to youth group, be sure and ask your mom what you can do to help her to get ready for Thanksgiving celebration. Cumin anything that she tells you to do you're just going to submit and be a blessing also this Friday night we're going to have a night of worship we do this once a month uh, typically the last Friday of the month but since we'll still be too full from Turkey to be able to sing that last Friday we're doing it this Friday the 19th 7 o'clock right here we'd love to have you come and the rumor is there's going to be snacks just saying you know, if you have food, they'll come. So we would love to have you come. At this time, we're going to take tithes and offering. I want to pray over that. Thank God for his abundance in this congregation. Father, we thank you for um, the abundance that we have to serve you and to reach out to our community. And Father, I just pray that you would bless the giver. And uh, we just want to be obedient to you. We're just poured out for you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you in Jesus' name. So if we can, well, where's Matt? If we can welcome Matt. Hey, thank you. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad. You guys ready for Thanksgiving? I know we got like a week and a half. How many of you guys have like already prepared? You got, you got you buy the bird already. You already bought your turkey? Yeah, we see some turkey purchases already in the house. That's awesome. Yeah, it's sitting there on ice, ready to go. Or maybe you've already thawed it out. We, we just did our, um, we're, we have some travel plans. So we ended, up, we ended up doing a Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. So we get to like, if you, you have multiple family members, you ever double dip in, you know, multiple weekends. We have multiple weekends of Thanksgiving celebration, which is pretty awesome. We have to smoke a turkey. It was so good. So good. But I'm so thinking about tur like Thanksgiving all the time. And, and so I, 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 I just got to say, you know, what kind of music did the pilgrims like? Plymouth Rock. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Why can't you take a turkey to church? Because they use foul language. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. Why was the Thanksgiving soup so expensive? Because it was 24 carats. I had 24 carats. All right. I know, I know. That's really, ooh, uh, yeah, I know, right? So a food editor in a local newspaper received a phone call from somebody calling in saying, hey, I, um, I bought a big turkey. I don't know how long to cook it. And so he says, well, how long, how big is a turkey? And he says, it was 22 pounds. So as the editor is looking to the chart, he says, hold on a minute, you know, and he says, oh, just a minute? Okay. And he hangs up. 
just a minute. No, he kicked it for more than just a minute. All right. There's this region of the, of the world, remote village, and um, this uh, guy is out uh, on uh, touring in this crazy this place, and he, they stumble across. The, the natives are washing their clothes, and there's this hot spring right next to this cold spring. And so they, they put the, the clothes in the hot spring, and they, they're like boiling the clothes, and they have the cold spring to rinse it all out. And, and, and the, the guy is t- talks to his guide and says, this is amazing. I bet they thank God every day that they have hot water and cold water to do their laundry. And the guide's the guide says, no, actually, they, they're grumbling all the time because uh, God does not supply the soap. <laughs> you know, we can get focused on things sometimes and forget to be thankful, can't we? Right? We can get focused on things and forget to be thankful. You can have a bunch of provision. It gets you 80% to what you need, and we can still complain about the 20% that we don't have. And I don't know about you, but I can get there. I can get to the place where, where it gets to that, that position. And you got to have your perspective right on life. you got to have your perspective right. Last week we talked about gratitude. This week I'm talking about that again. Because uh, all month long I really feel like that's a focus, even in our culture. But, but I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of being thankful for what God has already given us. There's a young man feeling proud of himself. He, he graduated college and he became a CPA. Certified Public Accountant. And, and so he went back home and was talking to his parents about it. And he says, well, I'm going to help you with your bookkeeping. And so he gets involved with the company business, the family business, and realizes that the books are a mess. He's like, you don't have any track. How do you even know how much money you're making? There's, you know, there, there's no way to track all of this stuff. And, and so the dad says, well, we immigrated here with nothing but our shirts on our back and, and, and a pair of pants. He's like, so now I own a house and a car and my kids are graduated college. So anything above pants is profit. <laughs> I got a lot of profit in life. It's a great perspective, isn't it? You can look at everything and be grateful for whatever you have. And it's important because as humans, we have a tendency to forget the good things that we have in life. In fact, I would wager to guess this, that maybe, just maybe, you've complained about something that God, you were praying to God to provide. And he eventually provided it. And in the beginning, you were grateful, but now maybe you've complained about it. God, I just need a better job. He gives you a better job. Oh, I hate my boss. If I could just get married, why this spouse? Oh, pick up your clothes. You pray for kids for many years, you finally have kids. These kids are annoying me. My kids don't annoy me, just for the record. They're little angels. They're sitting in the front row, so... Yours aren't, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, as a pastor's kid, I grew up as a pastor's kid. And, um, and, and so my, my, my dad would use illustrations from time to time about the family. And use the family's illustrations for things. And, and, and every once in a while, he would tell a story that would not shed us in the most favorable light. And I'd be walking around, I'm like, thanks, Dad. Now like 200 people know. <laughs> <laughs> my most embarrassing moment of the month, right? And so I, I just made that decision that I'm not going to do that to my kids. They're amazing. And uh, yeah, I won't complain about them, at least not to you. So, God, I pray for a bigger house, but then you complain about having to clean said bigger house. Boy, those utility bills aren't what I like paying, huh? That's right. Pray for that new car, but after a couple years, that new car is a used car, but you're making new car payments because 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's $700 payment. You're like, well, it's nice when it's brand new, but now it's four years old and I'm complaining about this. I'm paying $700 a month for this used car. <laughs> the Bible has a lot to say about this. This whole idea of gratefulness for what God has actually done in our life. And, and all through scripture you can see it, but one of the most popular verses and, and that, that I often think of is, is when Jesus heals a, a, a pack of lepers. A pack, a herd, a group, whatever. There's 10 of them, not quite a dozen. It's on the way to Jerusalem. We're in Luke chapter 17 this morning. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Luke chapter 17. If you have your Bibles with you, you can open them there. If you, I don't care if it's a paper Bible or if you have a digital Bible or if you're going to look at the screens. Don't discriminate. Let's get some Bible. Luke 17, verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he, he being Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. So Jesus is not in Samaria and he's not in Galilee. He's in between the two. And so he's on a path and there's a, a village, an unnamed village. And the, these, these lepers, a hopeless and depressed group of lepers, they'd huddled together and they called from a distance outside one of the many villages on the border. They were marked men, possibly women. We don't really know. It just says lepers. They were marked for their inflamed, scaly, splotchy skin. A highly infectious disease that spelled pending doom. Not like the diseases we're facing today, where many people survive. This one was a death sentence. If you got it, it was impending death. Impending death. But people will avoid them. But their common misery within the leper community caused them to set aside some differences that may have been things that divided them before. Because now they're united as lepers in the fight for survival. So their nationality, their origins, their genders, their skin colors, the, the, the different things that would divide them before, what towns they grew up in, how much money they had or didn't have, what class of citizen as a, the society would have classified them, that all went by the wayside because these guys are all fighting for their life. And they get united around that one thing, trying to fight for survival. The common misery that they found common ground in survival. You see, leprosy was a skin-eating disease. It was a slow death. But because it was contagious, people avoided them like, well, the plague. Verse 13. And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And for the record, leprosy affects skin and oftentimes it would affect their vocal cords. It was common knowledge at that, that time that many of them wouldn't have had a strong voice. It would have been more of a scratch kind of whisper, a little bit of a, a more of a master have mercy than a master have mercy. And it would have been scratchy. It would not have sounded smooth. But they had to stand at a distance because of their disease. They had some knowledge of who Jesus was. Otherwise, why would they be standing on him at a distance calling? They were crying out to him for a miracle. And when he saw them, when Jesus, he, 
saw them and said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Show yourself to the priest. You got to understand that showing yourself to the priest is what you did when you were documenting a miracle. If you were going to say you've been healed from a disease or you were clean rather than unclean in those times. Uncleanliness, you had to separate. Cleanliness, you could be part of society. These guys have the mark of permanent uncleanliness. If they're going to re-enter into society, they got to be verified by the priest. The priest was some sort of like health inspector, I guess. Don't show me your rash, by the way. I don't want to know. Hey, pastor, what do you think about this? Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Go see a doctor. It's interesting. Jesus said nothing about healing, just a command of obedience. He didn't say, you're healed. He just said, go and show yourself to the priests, which is an implication that you've been healed. And as they went, they were healed. As they walked in obedience to his command, they began to feel the gradual creeping sense of soundness returning to their bodies. Do you have courage to obey Jesus' commands, even if there's no promise of anything attached to it? He didn't say, go to the priest and on the way you shall be healed. Oh, okay. He just said, go to the priest. It's interesting. You go through Scripture and you can read the commands of Jesus, and oftentimes they're not attached to any sort of blessing. But I can tell you from experience that walking and following in Jesus' commands has a blessing attached to it. Right? When, when, when the Bible says, walk this way, there's something that comes with it. There, there's something about following the commands of Jesus that brings something that you're not expecting. Verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, because now he can, (laughs) and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Some translations will say he's a foreigner, depending which translation of the Bible. One man was moved by gratitude. When he realized what just happened, he came back to Jesus to give him thanks. The others just hurried away. Were they ungrateful? They're clutching their blessing, never casting a thought back to Jesus. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Jesus told them to do something, and they're doing it. That awful disease, though, had robbed them of life. And isolated them from society. The one that turned back was a Samaritan. It's interesting, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't like each other. They found commonality in their suffering. But culturally, they would have been at odds with one another. Verse 17, and Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. It sounds like Jesus is a little bit annoyed that the other people didn't come back. But, but I, 
Am I the only one? I read this and I, and I think, yeah, those ungrateful nine, you know, be the one, don't be the nine, don't be the ungrateful leper, you know? And I probably preached that message. Hell, I probably preached it here, you know? And it's like, but it's like, Jesus told him to go. Yeah. Right? Jesus told him to go. And then only one comes back and is Jesus annoyed with that? That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem fair at all. So many questions. I got so many questions. Well, if they're Jews, they would have answered to the priest. Not a Jew doesn't need to answer to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. They all start wandering, and one guy's like, oh, wait a minute, I don't need to do this part. So what does he do? He goes right back to the person that healed him and worships him. The other guys were just doing what Jesus told them to do. It just seemed kind of unfair that he might expect them to not do that. It's funny, I think, I think we pray for things, and sometimes we can just walk away. Did they come back later? Maybe. Were they grateful in their heart? Maybe. We don't really know, because it didn't really say Reminds me of a time I was in the Walmart parking lot looking for a parking space, and it was pouring down rain, typical New Mexico monsoon, dumping, raining cats and dogs. I'm like, God, I need a close parking spot. I don't want to mess up my clothes. I, gotta, I don't want to walk across the parking lot. There's plenty of spots on the other side of the lot, but I want to be up close, and so I'm praying, God, help me, help me, help me. i got to find a close spot. And then pretty soon, the reverse lights popped up right up front, right next to the handicapped spot, the closest spot you can get to. And I'm like, I stop, and oh, never mind, Jesus, something opened up. <laughs> Sometimes we can take credit for the things that God's doing in our life, right? So I got kind of three points with sub-points because... And they all have letters because I'm doing the preacher thing. The first thing is this, is that, is that there was a condition that was there that needed to be addressed. Right? It was, there was a condition that was there. They were sick. You got ten dudes who are sick. Pretty basic. Ten dudes are sick. Leprosy. Horrific disease. It starts off a couple of like little white spots. Probably on your face most of the time. Maybe on a lip. You see a little spot or two. You're like, oh, what's this? What do you do? Two weeks, flatten the curve, get, you know, quarantine, protection necessary, you know, avoid the family, you know what I mean? I don't want to make sure this isn't, you know, this could just be a pimple or it could be something different, but just out of an abundance of caution, we're going to go ahead and stay in quarantine. But the spots change. They start to get hardened. Kind of turn pinkish, then brownish. Start to get flaky. There's more of them popping up. By the time you realize what you're dealing with, you got it. I have leprosy. The last time you talked to your family was, hey, I'm going to go hide out over here for a few days. I'll be back as soon as this clears up. But you ain't going back. Your family's not going to see you again. You're going to write something on a piece of paper. Dang it. I got leprosy. And, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do that, and then you're going to have to go. And the society now is, is rejecting you because you can't be around people. So now, so now you're stuck where? In a leper colony. It's a death sentence when you get it. No cure, nothing going to happen. You're going to die. The family 
is done and they've realized they'll probably not have any more contact with you at any, more, any other point in your life. Game over. Yes, you're alive, but you're dead to them. They've said their goodbyes. They didn't know they were saying them. But this disease that, that, that gets on you, you, you scale these spores, they, the sores, they start to spread through the body. And, and, and the sores, they, they'll start filling up with, with pus and then popping and, and, and then it attacks your nervous system to where you actually don't feel the pain anymore because you don't really feel anything anymore. So you stub your toe and you don't feel it. But because your flesh is rotting on your body, you look down and your toe's missing. And your fingers and, and is it because, well, you just don't feel it. You grab that hot pot off the stove. What's that smell? Oh, that's my hand burning. Because you're numb and the flesh is rotting and things are falling apart. The average lifespan was nine years. Nine years from diagnosis of leprosy. You would slowly rot away until you collapsed and wasted away. It was a physical disease, a physical sickness that these ten lepers were dealing with. Very practical, very easy to see. Everybody understood what they were dealing with there. But you and I have a condition too. And you may not have a physical rotting that we're dealing with, but perhaps a spiritual one. There's a disease called sin. It's hereditary. It's entered mankind from the beginning. And from generation to generation, this disease of sin that is inside of our body, this spiritual disease, it's something that if left unchecked will rot us away from the inside. Sin. It's one of those things where like, you can spot it when you see it, but how do you know when it is? It's like a cold. You can see the symptoms of the cold, but you don't see the cold. You can see the symptoms of the sin, but you don't see the sin and so you can develop a habit that maybe is destructive that is considered sinful. You can address that, but have you fixed the root issue? Sin is a spiritual disease that will numb you and slowly rot you away from the inside. The condition, they were sick and then they were separated. They were sick and then they were separated. Although they didn't feel anything physically, they would have ached on their inside being separated from those that they loved and cared about. One day you've got a spot on your skin. The next, you're considered part of the walking dead. Your obituary is written. The family probably writes you off as dead and starts to move on with their life. Kids ask, where's dad? Well, he got leprosy a couple years ago, so he's gone. But is he? He might be living in a leper colony. Some people kept track and tried to keep touch. Some others just moved on and they rid him off. And searching. These ten lepers are searching. They were searching for Jesus that day. It's interesting. Because the, the stories of the miracles of Jesus had spread like wildfire through the community. Everybody was talking about how he had healed blind eyes and, and, and opened deaf ears. And, and he'd actually healed someone from leprosy earlier. That story rang all the way through the leper camps. Well, there's a guy who healed someone of leprosy. If you have any shot at all of surviving this thing, 
he's the only one. He's the only way. He's the only glimmer of hope that, that anyone has of surviving leprosy. It's a death sentence, a slow-moving death sentence. Jesus healed a leper. Can it be true? Can it be true? <clears throat> Small band of lepers decide, let's take a risk. Let's go on a road trip. Where is Jesus? Word on the street is he's over in this town and he's headed this direction. So what if we intercepted him in the middle of that and shouted out, maybe, just maybe, he would hear our cries and heal us. So they cried out to Jesus. At the time, it was illegal for a leper to approach a healthy person. Probably today would be considered attempted murder. The distance was 50 feet away. You had to stay 50 feet away. Unless the wind was blowing and then it was 200 feet away. Not sure if it was airborne or not, the disease, but, but they didn't know and they weren't going to take any chances. It's windy. Are you hand upwind or downwind? The wind is going this way, you stay over there. But these men needed a miracle. Not much has changed in our day, though, because we're all in need of a miracle, too. We still have a disease. And we still need someone to heal us from that disease. The disease of sin has infected all of humanity, and the only way out is through Jesus. See, he can heal you. Jesus can heal you completely and eternally. And Jesus desires to do that today. The second point, the first one was a C word, condition. The second one is compassion. Compassion. And Jesus had a perspective on this. See, he saw more than their outward condition. He saw the condition of their hearts. Isn't that just like Jesus? To see past the manifestation of our disease and get right to the root of things. I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be defined by my sinful behavior or attitudes, thought processes. So many times we judge one another on that, right? It's easy to do that because that's what we initially see on somebody is on the outside. But Jesus cuts past that and he says, hey, I don't want to fix the manifestation of your sin. I want to actually fix your sin. I want to bring healing deep down in your soul at the root issue. He sees the condition of these guys' hearts. He wants to cleanse more than the body. He wants to make them well. And Jesus sees you more than your condition. The world may have labeled you as one thing. But Jesus says, no, I see you as something else. Your identity can be wrapped up in behaviors or performance. It can be wrapped up in where you came from. Your, your, your identity might be wrapped up in, in, a, in, in your skin color or your economic class. Your identity might be wrapped up in all kinds of different things in this world. But Jesus says, no, listen, I cut to the heart. What everybody else sees on the outside, I see on the inside. And your identity is that you are a child of God. You are his children, and he loves you. After his perspective, he sees a prescription. And this is where he says, go show yourself to the priests. It was the, the ceremonial step of cleansing from leprosy. If you got healed, you showed to the priest, and the priest would say, yep, you're good to go. If you showed up back at your house without the blessing of the priest, people would freak out. 
In fact, these guys were required and they walked down the street to say, unclean, unclean, so that everybody would have a, a wide path around them. And, and so now they have to go back into society. They've got to get a, a, a something, a blessing, a paper. A, I'm not sure. A vaccination card. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what they needed. But they got it from the priest. Ceremonial purification, these men needed to be priests of blessing them to re-enter society. They couldn't go home, they couldn't see friends, they couldn't see family. The first stop had to be the priest before they could go anywhere else. Well, Jesus has a prescription for your disease as well. You don't have to show yourself to a priest. Because Jesus is standing there with outstretched arms, right where you're at. Saying, come on, you can come to me. And if you come to Jesus, you'll see what the lepers saw. The band would come. We're going to wrap up this morning. Inside of compassion, there's perspective, and then there's prescription, and then there is power. See, these men obeyed Christ and were healed. Lives were transformed. There was no more suffering. No longer outcasts of society. They could return to their family and their friends. And Jesus was their only hope. And Jesus had the power to solve their problem, and he has the power to solve yours. Deep down, he has the power to solve what needs to be solved. He can cure your disease, save your soul. He can cleanse you from your sins. He has the power to change your life, and he will today if you'll let him. The third point today is conversion. Realizing, the realization... I've been healed. You see, the miracle in this case was immediate. They turned, they started to walk, and instantly they said, I can feel my feet on the ground. I was once numb, and I can, my hands and the skin is soft, and my sores are gone. In a moment, they realized that, that they had been completely healed. You see, when Jesus heals you of your sin, it is instantaneous and immediate. And I can tell you that when he heals you of physical disease or ailments, or sometimes it's immediate, sometimes there's a process. All through scripture you see that there are moments where there's instant healing and there's process healing. And so you may experience that in your natural body or in this natural world, but on a spiritual level, Jesus heals sin in a moment. This man, he looked down, realized that the disease was gone. Can you imagine the joy, the excitement, and the rejoicing? Rejoicing. The gratitude and praise to Jesus. Sounds like Jesus was disappointed, but others didn't thank him. But I actually, I I was looking through this and studying through this, and and I, and I, I, I learned something new when I was studying this, and I had like a revelation of like what was really going on here. Because I think it was for a different reason. Because he says, your faith has made you well. See, the others were Jews. They would have had to have been required to go. But this guy wasn't a Jew. And, and he didn't have any place to go. So he came right back to the person that brought the healing. Hmm. Ten were healed that moment. But one was made well. The others would have found that process in the law, in the time, in the culture. 
the Samaritan would have not had that process. In verse 19, it says to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Will you guys stand with me this morning? Without gratitude as part of our nature, we can't be whole people. We've got to be people who live from a place of gratitude and thanksgiving for what Jesus has done for us. If ingratitude is more deadly than leprosy, then we're in worse shape than before. I was looking through this this verse, and it says, Rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Most of you know the Bible wasn't written in English. The Bible's not one book, it's 66 books. Written throughout the course of time, God's words through man's hands. This section was written in Greek. And so the word that they use here in Greek, I'm going I'm to murder the saying, so just... Sasokin is what I believe it's pronounced as. But when you look where it's translated, it can be made translated as well or whole or saved. Your faith has saved you, is what he's saying. See, the others had a path to Jesus, had a path to God through the priesthood because that's the way that their religion and their faith. And this guy, not being a Jew, didn't have a pathway back to God except through Jesus. And he came right back to Jesus and Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Listen, church, that's the path. The path for each one of us is being saved through Jesus. That's it. That's the only way. What good is it to gain your body but to lose your soul? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you right now for for everything that you've done for us. God, as we look at this this story in the Bible and through Scripture, and we see, God, let us turn to you with all of our ailments. But God, let us look to you to be cleansed from our sin. God, as we go into this season of thanksgiving and gratitude and gratefulness. God, I'm I'm asking that that we wouldn't lose sight of all the provision that you have brought into our life. Don't let us fall into a trap of complaining for the little bit that we don't have, but let us be grateful for the abundance that you have so richly provided each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. At this point, we're actually going to have our prayer team. They're actually gathering already, and and we're going to sing another song before we leave. And if you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, they're here to pray with you. And James, it says, it's the the prayer of faith that that, that brings healing. And, And maybe you don't have faith for yourself, but they do. And they might have that prayer of faith with you. They'll stand with you for any reason that you've got. Now, before service, we actually have a prayer team, an intercessory team that prays and and and. And I, I just want to read a couple of things that they were like, really felt like the Lord was trying to bring some healing in, in people's lives. And, 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 and there was this interesting thing, week after week after week, they feel like the same burden of infertility. And so I don't know if that's you or where you're at, but, but we have teams that are praying for you. If you're trying to get pregnant, you're having a hard time getting pregnant. Maybe you want to receive prayer for that this morning up front. They're telling me that people were having some, somebody was having an issue with some anxiety about the future, maybe even some panic attacks and some depression. And, and then we also had a, they, they felt like they, they heard from God about someone who has, who's on crutches maybe or has a leg issue and then somebody else had some, some tooth pain. And so we have prayer teams that have been praying for these conditions and maybe that's you here this morning. And if you want to receive prayer, we want to pray with you. And so for any of these reasons I listed or really anything else that you want. So come on church, let's sing one last song before we leave and let's go ahead and you're dismissed to receive prayer at this time if you'd like.